Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So we're starting a new series this weekend. And this is going to last for, for a few weeks, quite a few weeks. Uh, th- this is going to answer some central questions. Uh, let, let me start off the, by throwing out this idea to you. You know, being a Christian is about so much more than just not going to hell. It's, you know, I'm in now, you know, I'm good. Uh, being a Christian, in fact, that whole point about eternity should be settled at the point when, when you and I have said, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead. And, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Uh, your, your ability, wherever, you, wherever you're going to spend eternity is not based on what you're doing. I hope you understand that because so many people strive and then they, they continue to strive to get God's attention even after they receive salvation. Our salvation is made available to us based on what we believe based on what we believe about Jesus and based on what we believe about what the Word of God says about Jesus and what he came to accomplish here. So my point is this. Once you receive salvation, why don't you just put heaven on, on the shelf, okay? Because we got a job to do here. Amen. And so our focus should be on, okay, uh, until I get to that point where I step into the next life, what am I going to do with this one? And on top of that, you've got to consider the fact that your reward that's waiting for you in heaven is going to be de- determined by what you have accomplished here on the earth that God has instructed you. Every single one of us in this room, every person that's going to be listening to this or watching this online, has an assignment from God placed on your life. Amen. And that's what we should be busy about. Amen? Amen. All right. So, to the extent that we discover the answer to the question, what am I here for? What does God have for me? What am I supposed to be accomplishing? To the extent that we discover that answer is the extent, or I should say, the level of peace and contentment you're going to experience. I don't know about you, how many of you hate going through frustration? Uh, I I think every hand should be up here. I, I hate frustration. Frustration is, I like to compare it to the events that, precede an earthquake, okay? One part of the earth wants to go this way, and the other part of the earth wants to go that way, and when those two meet up against each other, you have frustration. And that's what, is, that's what we're experiencing in our lives. When we, don't have, when we don't have clarity about who we are, what we're supposed to be doing, what part that we play in the kingdom of God, it can be very frustrating. Because you see, your will... Your flesh wants to go a certain way. But unfortunately, the kingdom of God may want to go in the other direction. And so where there's points of friction, there's going to be frustration. And so the whole purpose of this this series that we're going to be studying for these next few weeks is, number one, to find out the fact that God does have a will of his own. He has a plan. He's got a purpose. He has a strategy. He's got a, a particular set of goals that he has set into motion for mankind to accomplish. We're going to find out how to discover those 
for ourselves. Now, understand, we're talking about two different levels here because the word of God reveals to us his general will, and we're gonna get into some of that today. But then, you may not always be able to go to the word and find out exactly what God wants you to do specifically. We can all know the general will, but there comes a time in our lives, and sometimes it's, it's preceded by a time of great dissatisfaction, of frustration, of, of disappointment, and, and a lot of that fuels us into doing what's necessary to be able to find God's specific will for our lives, and we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. The fact is, God does have a will, uh, and uh, just to kind of give you an example here, or illustrate it a little bit, bring it out a little bit more clearer, think about probably one of the most familiar passages of Scripture. Even people that don't read the Bible are familiar with this portion of Scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. The disciples came to Jesus and they asked him, teach us to pray. And he said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, look at the next phrase, your what? Your will be done, where? On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, we also forgive our debtors. Lead us on to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now all those are very important things to ask for, but notice this, Jesus placed the will of God in a position of priority. Some of the very first words he taught them to pray have to do with the will of God. So we can be very, very settled in our hearts that God does have a will. He has a plan. He has a strong desire to accomplish certain things. He's got a plan. And, and, he, and it's, how can I explain this clearly? Let's see. Um, when everything on earth finally submits to the will of God, then we will have peace. The world, our society, our cultures, for the most part, do not follow the will of God. In fact, many of us have watched over the decades how our own country has become very contrary, the laws, the traditions, the, the lack of traditions, the doing away with, with history, doing away all this, has moved our nation further and further away from God's will, rather than putting us in alignment with God's will. Amen? Um, I might as well throw this in here. Um, the reason why we're seeing so much movement away from the will of God, the reason why we're seeing so much confusion in our land, the reason why we're seeing so much hatred, the reason why we're seeing so much division, separation, is because most people, and I, and I have to throw the church in there too, I'm not talking about just new beginnings, I'm talking about in general. Most people, most believers don't even study the word of God anymore. Okay, so, so what ends up happening, I'm just gonna throw this in and then we're gonna move on because I'll feel better after I throw this in. We have a lot of believers. We don't have a lot of disciples. Now a believer can place their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and when that person does not go find out what the word of God says about all these other things, you can believe in Jesus, you're gonna to go to heaven, but you may have your own personal beliefs that are completely contrary to word of God. 
You see, Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations, not just believers. Okay? That, that person's going to heaven because they believe the right things about Jesus and, and have confessed with their mouth what they believe in Jesus. But if you never become a disciple of the word, then you won't know what God has said about any one of these particular controversial uh, situations that we're dealing with in our nation. Amen. Which causes our enemies to see us as hypocrites. Because they think we're supposed to believe what the Bible says. Imagine that. But when they see people who claim to believe in Jesus Christ supporting things that the Bible is very clear against, it causes a contradiction. So just like we need to find out God's will for our lives, we need to find out God's will for our nation. We need to find out God's will about marriage, and we're going to talk about that. What is his will for marriage? What is God's will for, for friendships and relationships? What is God's will for our families? What is God's will for our finances? What is God's will for your job? What is God's will for, what kind of employee does he state in his word that he desires for his people to be? And that's why many of us have come across people on our jobs. You say, well, you, you, you can work near somebody. I, I remember individuals in my life that I was very close to for years and years and years. And they were teaching me how to do all the wrong things. Amen. And then after I got born again, I went to this couple. I said, hey, guess what? I, I got to tell you guys what happened to me. I said, I've I, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Oh, yeah, we did that years ago. What? See, where does that problem come from? That problem comes from a person believing in Jesus, but not becoming a student of the word. If we believe in Jesus, then we, he said, if you obey my commandments. Now, now we don't like to hear that. Oh, oh, you're going to impose rules on me. I'm not talking about rules. I'm talking about how does the kingdom of God operate? What did God originally mean? for mankind to live on this earth. What, is it, what are we supposed to be about? What should our opinion be? Or forget about opinion. What should our belief system be about any given topic that right now is at the forefront in our nation? He's got a plan. And what, what I'm trying to bring out here is this. To the extent that our lives measure up to his will, is the extent and level of peace and contentment you're going to experience. Are you catching that? Jesus showed very, very clearly that God the Father has a will. He said, when you pray, first thing you're going to pray is, your kingdom come, your way of doing things come to the earth. Your will be done, where on earth as it is in heaven. And heaven is a place, I want you to get this clear here. Heaven is a place where God's will is uncontended. There is nothing contrary to the will of God in heaven. So Jesus said, pray that the earth would become like it is in, in heaven. Well, if the will of God is uncontended in heaven, then the will of God should be uncontended on the earth. Amen. Now, we know that's not going to happen now. The day's going to come when Jesus comes and sets up that system of government on the earth. And then we'll experience peace, calm, calm. Amen? Now, on the earth, there are two main enemies that oppose God's will. Obviously, if I was to ask you which one's the first, you're going to say the devil. And that's true. The devil is a force on this earth 
that contends against the will of God and tries to get as many of, uh, uh, of us, mankind, to follow his will. But I think there's a more powerful enemy, and that second more powerful enemy, I believe, is our human unsubmitted will. Your will and my will is extremely powerful. And that's why God gives us the choice to choose salvation as an act of our will. He doesn't force us. Not like the devil. The devil will drive an individual, will drive them, torment them, push them to get involved in things that are going to bring death and destruction. Where God reveals himself to mankind through the word of God, through his people, through his disciples, and then gently calls people to follow him. Completely different strategy. Now, to give you an example, or to give you an illustration, when I say that the, the will of mankind is so strong, consider this. Many of you are familiar with, I believe it's in Mark chapter 5, the story of the Gadarene, you know, religious language, you call him the Gadarene demoniac, this individual who was possessed by evil spirits, which caused him to isolate himself from, from people and live in tombs and uh, just walk around naked and cut himself with stones and howl and, and just had tremendous strength more than the average individual. Well, those were the influences of the enemy in his life. However, Jesus shows up on the scene, steps out of the boat, and this man, as possessed as he was, still had enough willpower and still had enough within him, strength within him. Now, we're, not, we're talking about somebody who's not born again yet. We're not talking about someone who's got the Holy Spirit living inside them. That man still ran, devils and all, still ran and threw himself at the feet of Jesus. He knew, this man has my answer. Don't ever discount the human will. Now, let's look at the situation in Jesus' life. You remember the story of the Garden of Gethsemane? After they had supper together that night, we call it the Last Supper, uh, Jesus reveals himself to his disciples and reveals the Holy Spirit and gives them the command about living and, you know, and loving one another. And some of the most important teachings that Jesus delivered, delivered at that Last Supper. At the end of that, they went and traveled from where they were over to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then we see this struggle. And I'm going to read to you from Matthew 26, verse 36. Um, here's what's happening. Jesus is God, yes? yes. Was God? Yes. Is God? Yes. Always will be God? Yes. Did Jesus operate as God on the earth? No. no. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that he put aside. Now, he didn't cease being God. He just stopped operating as God and put himself in the position to operate on the earth just like any other man, any other woman. Now, his human will began to exert itself and try to steer him in the direction that would have put him contrary to the will of the Father. So even Jesus had a struggle with this. Matthew 26, verse 36, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, 
along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He's starting, the effects of what he's going to go through in the next 24 hours is starting to weigh on him. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. He goes back and he finds them asleep because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Three times Jesus went to the father with this struggle. He knew what he's going to face. He knew what they were going to do to him. He knew the fact that at some point there, he was going to be separated spiritually from the Father in heaven. You and I, I don't know that we'd be able to go through what he went through. I don't think so. Now Luke's gospel tells us that at this point, after three times of committing himself to the will of the Father, it says that an angel came from heaven to strengthen him. When we submit to the will of God, supernatural strength comes. There's a grace that comes. You know, we're so used to hearing about the topic of grace, and oh my, thank God for the grace of God. How many of you are so glad that God is gracious to us? And you know, and we, and we usually, you know, we put it in the context of, you know, I've messed up, I really messed up bad this time, and God's forgiveness is there, and his grace covers us. But we fail sometimes to realize that the grace of God is an empowerment to be able to do the things that you and I naturally can't do. And so when Jesus comes to the place where he has finally put down his human will, and he has submitted it to the Father, knowing full well the torment that it's going to bring him in the next few hours, what happens? The supernatural strength of God comes upon him, and he's able to follow through. He's able to do what he needed to do. Now, I want to throw this out to you. Consider this, because many times we set out to do things. We set out to follow a plan, and, and sometimes it falls apart before our very eyes. Maybe we need to consider this fact that God is only obligated to accomplish his will, not ours. Outside of his will, we're on our own. Now, his mercy is there for us if we really, really mess up. His mercy is there for us. But, but it would be so much better for us to find out what his plan is. It would be so much better to find out what his will is. It would be so much better to discover the path that he's already laid out for us. See, because on that path, there's provision. On that path, there's refreshing. On that path, there's direction. Instead of us hey, putting a plan together and say, God, here, you know, what do you think about this plan? Let's find out what his plan is, because his blessings are already on that plan. Amen? Amen. Now, let me present this idea to you. Again, we're just laying a foundation here today. If we are followers of Christ, and I believe we are, then our hearts are tied to his heart. 
Our desires should be tied to his desires. Our life choices should reflect his character, not ours. So many times we fall into that trap of, okay, I'm going to heaven. This is good. I'm glad I'm going to heaven because I don't want to be worried every day that if I die, I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to heaven. Thank you, God. I'll take it from here. And as I said before, so many times we see people who claim to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but the life style, the pattern of living, the choices that are made are like, what are you thinking? And you know, we don't judge one another, at least we're not supposed to. But sometimes it's so glaring, sometimes it's so obvious And what we do, we need to pray for individuals that they they receive a revelation from God about the choices that are made, about the type of life that's being portrayed. Now, Ephesians chapter five, verse 15. The apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and gave some very wise um, advice. Therefore, be careful how you walk. It's not saying be careful that you don't trip. In other words, be very mindful, be very aware Give it some thought. Stay focused on how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. The days are contrary. Our system of life on this earth is contrary to us. The days go by like this. Amen? It seems like when you're in elementary school, you can't wait to be a teenager. When you're a teenager, you can't wait to get your license. When you get your license, you can't wait to, you know, get, you find that, that person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And then you can't wait to, after that, you can't wait to have kids. And, and then you, the kids come, and then you can't wait for them to get married and get out of the house. And then it's just, and, and then, you, then you turn around and you go, what, what, what? Life goes by so quick. He's saying that, make the most of your time. But then look at verse 17. So then do not be foolish. And now he's going to give us the alternative of being foolish. So then do not be foolish, but understand. Read the rest of it with me. What the will of the Lord is. Is. So he's telling us here, when we find out what the will of the Lord is, we're going to make the most of our time. When we find out what the will of the Lord is, we're not going to be foolish. When we find out what the will of the Lord is for our lives, we're, 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 going, to, we're going to walk right. In other words, we're not going to waste our steps. We're not going to waste our efforts. We're not going to waste our energy. Amen? Amen? I, don't be, I hate wasted time. I hate a waste of energy. I hate a waste of resources. I hate a waste of finances. I I wish we always knew the right thing to do at the right time. And and in in essence, we can. We can. We can learn how to hear his voice. We can learn how to recognize when he's setting the path before us. We can learn how to recognize these things. But we're not going to find it by us talking to each other and coming up with a consensus. Oh, I think it's this way. No, we're going to find it by studying the word of God. Amen? Amen? Now, these things do not come automatically. Our heart isn't automatically tied to the heart of God. Our desires are not automatically His desires. Our life, many times, does not line up with the choices that God said, walk in this way. 
But when we find out what the will of God is, then we could say, okay, Father, I, I, I'm sorry about this, and I repent of that, and, and Lord, forgive me for making this choice. I didn't know, but now that I know, I'm going to line these things up with your will. Amen? So what ends up happening is when we don't know these things, and when we're in that position, in that place of, of, of transition, pulling away from what we know to be our own desires, our own plans. But you don't understand, Pastor, I, I've had dreams since I'm a kid. Yeah, I had a dream too, and, then, and then one day I realized that dream became a nightmare. I had the dream of being an entrepreneur, a businessman. And it worked for a little bit. Then all of a sudden I remember one morning realizing that all that I had built around me had become a trap. Amen. And I just get on my face before God and say, Lord, forgive me. Deliver me from this nightmare. See, when we walk in his dreams, they never turn out to be nightmares. Amen. They turn out to be very fulfilling. And it may cost to get out of that nightmare. My wife and I had to go into bankruptcy, had to lose everything, had to walk away from everything. But you know what? It was so worth it. Because out of that turmoil, out of that pain, out of that season of disappointment, God always supplied everything we needed. And when you go through these things, when you go through the consequences of not walking in the will of God, if you still stay close to the heart of God, He'll walk you through. He never abandons us. He never forsakes us. He never robs us of our dignity. Just takes us by the hand and goes, come on, let's walk through this together. Because I don't want you to do this again. And out of that, those seasons, those years of, of, of seeming destruction, impoverishment, he sustained us. But out of the heartache of those seasons, this church was birthed. This ministry came out of that, that season of pain. So I realized, deep down inside, I knew what I was supposed to be doing. Deep down inside, I knew where I was supposed to be concentrating my efforts, my time, our resources. But when you find the will of God for your life, it's like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. When you enter into that promised land, and you, there's going to be some giants along the way. There's going to be the Red Sea you're going to have to cross. You're going to have to come up to the Jordan. You're going to have to be, be courageous enough to, to put your foot in the water before it parts. But God will get you through there. I'm talking to somebody today. Amen. <laughs> See, without the study of the word of God, we walk around confused and ignorant. And that's why we hear people say, I wish I knew what God wanted for me. I wish I knew what I'm supposed to do with my life. I, I told the story last night in the service and, you know, when we very first started the church. I mean, I'm talking like the first couple of months. Uh, there was a lady that came to church here and, and um, she would constantly come up to me and go, is there a call in my life? You know what I mean by call? You know, does God have a special plan for my... I said, honey, I'm still trying to find God one for me. <laughs> and it's one of those things, like, if you don't know, you probably don't. 
Because God doesn't leave us in that area of vague, like in a valley somewhere stumbling around. He lets you know. He lets you know. But confusion comes because we don't study the word. And lack of knowledge always gives birth to lack of peace. Our hearts get restless. Or worse yet, we live, this is the worst part. Rather than being restless, we find a niche. And that's what happened in my life. You find a niche and you go, oh, I can do this. I can do this. And that's the most dangerous thing that can happen because that false peace comes and that false security comes and that that place where you're comfortable. And thank God that he doesn't leave us in those places for long. Turns the heat up a little bit. Starts pulling the carpet out a little bit at a time. Giving you that divine uneasiness. Yeah, big paychecks are coming in, but on the inside you're going, "Eh, something's not right here. And I don't mean there's something not right about the paycheck. That's wonderful. I'm not suggesting that you're doing anything immoral or illegal. What I'm saying is the contentment can't be tied to a paycheck. If it is, when the paycheck goes, guess what else goes? The contentment and the peace. But you see, when we find God's will and we walk in God's will, paycheck or no paycheck, Praise from people or no praise. Criticism, none of it matters anymore because you know you're doing what God said to do. Are you listening? Is this helping anybody today? Again, just foundation so far. We're just in foundation. You see, we can't live very long in that state of confusion or restlessness or worse yet, in that place of complacency because there's a very big problem. God created us in such a way where our soul only thrives on the peace that comes from God. And you've got to do everything possible to get to that place of peace. In Hebrews chapter 4, I believe the Apostle Paul wrote that. He he writes, or whoever the writer is, writes, that if you're going to strive about anything, strive to get into that place of peace. It's like, what? Well, you're telling me to strive. And he said, if you're going to exert energy... If you're going to press in, if you're going to strive, then strive to find out where your place is in the plan of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse 2 is the one we really need to be walking out in our lives. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that take place? By the word of God. Then you will be able to test and to approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, now let me throw your attention here, because we think that this good, pleasing, and perfect only applies to God. But you see, when you find his will for your life, then you find out what's good. It's very pleasing, and then everything works out perfectly. Amen? Amen. Paul is saying, very clear, stop living for yourself. Stop living uh, based on the way of the world. Stop living based on your own will. Allow the word of God to shape your thinking, then you'll find his perfect will for your life. So in this series, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to be discovering God's will for mankind, his general will, and we're going to find out and discover his specific will again for our jobs, for our relationships, for our marriages. 
how we're supposed to be raising our families. What are we supposed to do with our finances? What are we supposed to be doing with the gifts and the talents that he has deposited in us? We're going to find out his will for all of these things. And I pray that you stay connected to this message. If it happens in the next week, few weeks or so that you can't get here, please make sure that you listen to it or watch it online because this is something we all need to travel this journey together. Because uh, as pastor, as lead pastor here, the desire of my heart is that every member of this church, every person that calls this church their home, that every one of us find the exact perfect place that God has for you in his plan. What is his specific plan for your life? Now, it's a journey. You know, some of us, some of us, maybe our marriages are, are pretty much lined up with the will of God and the way his word described it should be, but maybe our finances are messed up. And some of us, the finances are doing well. There's no problem there, no worry there. Your income is good. The cash flow is good. You're, you're not in heavy debt. But maybe the family is, is just dysfunctional. You may have all these other things, and maybe you're just not good at relationships. Maybe you've suffered wounds in the past. Maybe you've suffered betrayals and disappointments, and it's caused you to kind of isolate yourself from getting involved in other people. Well, we know that's not God's will. How can you follow the plan of God and Jesus' instructions to us as brothers and sisters in the Lord when you're like, I, I, I love you, but I could love you better if you're back there in that corner someplace? How are you going to bear each other's burdens? How are you going to serve one another? How are you going to lift each other up? And so we need to make sure that we find out God's will for all these areas. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.